You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. The day before Rosh Hashanah, it might be worthwhile to hear a little bit from Rebel Yoshev and to hear a little bit about what he was about. Um, in a letter from uh, 1977, uh, Rabbi Yoshin says, when you're thinking about the Yisod Vishoresh HaTshuva, it's not based on the fasts that you do, on things that you take upon yourself to Sigufim, things that you take upon yourself to sort of like miniature tortures. Um, tshuva, of course, we know what it is. We know that it's Aziva Sachet. We know that it's more than just I'm not doing the head. It doesn't doesn't even register. The Rambam says Averus have to stop even getting into your consciousness. And and the way that happens is, of course, is by your determination that you're not going to do it. Um, Rabbi Yoshev said, when people think about fasting, and we've talked about the significance of fasting the last couple of days. Um, Rav was wont to quote the Neide Behuda that said, even on a fast day that's meant to be a Yom Tshuva, the fast is really not the essence of a is a tofil. Really, of course, it's what's happening inside of you. Uh, meaning, being sincere about what the events around you are occurring, having sincerity inside. Um, and, and the Neide Behuda actually says a beautiful thing. He says, that is what gives you that sincerity is what makes you feel you could be close enough to love God. And that, of course, is what Shuvah is really about, that you deserve to be close, that this is someone that you love and care for and that care and cares for you. Then the Neu Dibiyuda, and the Rebbe would quote it, says, Misha Yocho is Volach Yitzro al the best way one could actually stop this yates or this thing which starts inserting into your mind all these fantasies and things that you that where you want to go, he says, through Tyra. You actually can use Tyra to actually slaughter that that capacity. Or another way of looking at it is that it actually uses that capacity. Tyra actually the fact that you're so involved in Tyra means that's what you're thinking about. Those are what your fantasies is thinking about a possible idea. Things are coming together all based on the fact that you are a tiger personality and those elements that sort of like, oh, I, I, I can't control my thoughts, my minds, where my eyes are going. Tyra can do that. And of course, the Nodi Behuda was a giant of learning and put Rabbi Yosha says, Rabbi Yosha felt in every generation. And he says, the idea of learning Tyra isn't just for a Balchuba, like, that, oh, I, I need Tyra because my, my machshavas are so bad. I've got to really be sure to tell you, i got to uproot of those, that, that, that type of wandering eyes and thoughts that I have. Rebel Yoshev says, every Jew, wherever he is, has to, has to be strong, of course, in learning. Like the Rambam says, no matter who you are, whether you're a, a, a Shovin Begufo or Baal Yisurin, and even if you have 10 kids, 15 kids, 
there has to be a zman of Matera b'yoyimu b'layla. So Rabbi Yoshim said, if a person actually could reach the ultimate shuva, and we know what that means, that even the things he did b'meizid can somehow become s'chuyos, can become like mitzvahs. If you could reach that, there's no, uh, that perspective has no place for atzvahs. There's no perspective when you're thinking about what you could become to have depression and bitterness. What it needs to be mashpi on you, and this is not a chosid rebel yosha, it has to be mashpi on you, simchas emes. A simcha that you are near the truth, v'noyam ziv kodesh v'chedes Hashem, just like the Pasuk says in, in, in Sefer Nechemi about Rosh Hashanah, chedes Hashem him uzchem, that's the simcha. We talked about it with Rav Unterman, the Targum Yonason, Rav Unterman quoted, that there's an idea of chedva on Rosh Hashanah in Kippur, but definitely on Rosh Hashanah. Ched v'sashem And therefore, uh, Rebbe Yoshev felt that the idea of being parkvetched and being depressed and is, 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 is alien to the idea of, of real tshuva. And of course, Taira is, again, a person like Rebbe Yoshev, of course, and you're going to see from the next story why Rebbe Yoshev understood this night of Yehuda so well that, that there's nothing greater than learning Taira in this, in, in, in terms of being a person who's, who's, who's not just this, not disconnected from the world, but not affected in any negative way. Um, in, when Rebbe Yoshev was 99 years old, um, we know that, we talked about this last night, Rebbe Yoshev had infusions done. Um, Erevin Kippur, uh, Rebel Yoshev knew he was probably going to stay in his room. Um, I don't know if he was able to move with all these, you know, but he made sure that uh, an expert had put the proper uh, pick line into him. And the next day, um, the, he would get those liquids into his body through intravenous. Um, they were monitoring him. Doctors were coming in. And there was a situation where they thought, oh, we better, we better give him some food. It looks like things aren't so strong with him. Rebel Yoshev said, no. He says, wait, wait. I do, I am strong enough. And again, you weren't going to argue with Rebel Yoshev at that point. And he was able to get through the whole fast without actually eating. So, and Yoitzim Kippur, um, they came into, the family came into Rebbe Yoshev, and there was such simcha. And um, they said, this is like the Kayan Gadol, seeing the Kayan Gadol coming out uh, of the Kodesh HaKadosh and Bishalom, here you are, you came through the Yom Kippur, you didn't have to eat, and here you are, Baruch Hashem alive and well. So he said, yeah, it's talking great. I, I, I feel very, very special. So let's have a simcha. It's time to eat. Now it's time to eat. To have a sudas yontif, a sudas matzayim kippur. So they ate meat. That was Rebbe Yoshev's meaning. It wasn't eating just to have some bagels and shmir. It's a sudas simcha, a bosser. All right. After, after they ate the meal, Rebbe Yoshev, I'm not sure you need that much. Rebbe Yoshev went to uh, 
He went to, to lie down a little bit. A number of minutes later, Lyosha got up. And um, he said, Lyosha yeah, said, I don't feel that well. But uh, you know what? Uh, I'm going to do something. I'm not going to go back to sleep. I'm going to learn. So Rabbi Yoshev went into his room, 99 years old. He just fasted Yom Kippur. He lied down for a small amount of time, maybe 10, 15 minutes. He went to start learning. Now, people were telephoning Rabbi Yoshev's house. And they were saying, look, 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 let's see what the Saba is doing. See what's going on. Um, but he was sitting there and learning. In fact, um, um, they heard, you know, Rebel Yoshev had a special, I didn't, I, I never heard him sing. I did speak with him a couple of times. But they said that he had a very sweet voice when he would sit and learn, that you could hear the sweetness of his learning. And they heard, you know, they were calling, and Rebel Yoshev was in the other room, and they could hear him learning sweet, sweetly over the piece of Gemara that he was understanding and, and, and thinking about. Six hours passed. So you can imagine, we're talking here, let's say they got home. It was 7.30, 8 o'clock. So it was now 4 in the morning. <laughs> 2 in the morning, 2, 3 in the morning. So uh, one of them, from Oviosha's family, one of the grandchildren, uh, a nephew, I'm not sure, came, came to Oviosha and said, uh, you know, Saba, Maybe you want a cup of coffee. So um, he didn't hear him. So the grandson or whatever who was pushed the Gemara a little bit and pushed the coffee cup into the Gemara a little bit. And then he looked up. He saw the cup of coffee in front of him. And he said, coffee? You know, I drink coffee with milk. I just ate meat. He just ate meat. It was six hours ago that he'd eaten meat with Rebel Yoshin. It wasn't that his seichel wasn't there. To him, it was like a second had passed. So he stayed up that late. He stayed up Kimat the whole night. After just a small amount of sleep. Eight in the morning, Rebel Yoshev was already answering Shilas. Um In fact, he stayed up the whole night and he was, he was stronger than ever on the day after Yom Kippur. That infusion really helped. He was able to sit there and answer Shilas. Um, at nine in the morning, remember, he had been up the whole night, 20 minutes of sleep after a whole Yom Kippur where it was uh, difficult. On the next morning, it was nine in the morning. Rav Yoshev had an Indian the last couple of years of his life because he knew that there was a segula to be a sandik. If the person was a sandik, it was a segula for Arichas Yomim. So Rebbe Yosha would go for sandik oyas. And many, many wonderful, uh, there's many wonderful young children that, that now they're already probably older, that Rebbe Yosha was their sandik. So it was time to go to do sandik oyas. So uh, our people would bring their babies there at nine o'clock. I said, I, said, I saw him holding the children at the bris mila, you can see the shining, the light shining from his face. After he finished all the sandikoyas, then he anyway always took a little nap towards his old age in the morning. That um, 
they thought, okay, he's probably really exhausted. Usually he slept maybe an hour, hour and a half, took a little nap, and then he was up and going. Remember, 99 years old. He's probably going to sleep four hours, maybe five. But that's not what happened. And exactly one hour later, um, they heard that he was back up and learning normally. And that story, I think, goes to show you, and this, there's no miracle in it, but it shows you what Rebel Yoshi was about. What does it mean to the day after Yom Kippur? What does it mean to go through Yom Kippur and to, and, and to feel the sense of Tahara and, and, and to, to be, for it to radiate through you? Selichus uh, is still, of course, an issue. Um, uh, tomorrow morning, of course, is the uh, is the long Selichus, and then then we have Selichus uh, during a series of Mechuba. Uh When is the best time to say Selichus? Certainly, Yosher, of course, like the other place, Kim says, the best time to say Selichus is as the night is ending, meaning the the tenth hour of the night which is the last Hashmura. Because as we know, the Gemara says, that's the Ace Ratzin, that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is sort of shot ba'elam hazeh, the Gemara says, in Avedu Zahar, that Rabbi Yosha used to quote. I know what that means. Obviously, God doesn't float around more in one time than another, but that's the last Hashmura, those last time, two to three hours before sunrise. Now, let's say you can't get up that early and say Sufis. So when is the best time? So Rabbi Yosha says the best time would be Chatzais. Chatzais is better than after the sunrise. Because we know Chatzais is also an Eisratzai. How do we know that? It's based on Kabbalistic sources that the Mogad Avram quotes in the very beginning of Shulchan Aruch. Um, the Prima Godim disagrees with the Mogad Avram. Um, however, the Aruch HaShulchan, the great Lutfish HaPaisik, says that However, you're going to say chatzos is definitely an Israel. and you can't, and therefore saying slichos by chatzos would be option number two. Rav Meisher Feinstein also Rav Yoshev was very proud and knowing of quoting that when we talk about the Ashmura Saboker, that's from chatzos on, because chatzos is an Israel. Now. Rebel Yoshev used to say that um, that doesn't mean that you should wake up and go through the effort of waking up at Chatzos. Um, so in other words, so that's the reason why you can do it later, but Chatzos, according to Rav Moshe, is just as good, or maybe even as, as good as saying it a couple hours before sunrise. Rebel Yoshev felt that there was a hierarchy, the best time would be before, let's say, if, let's say tomorrow the sun rises, I guess around 625 or something like that, or something like that, or I'm not sure. So the best time would be something like 5 o'clock. Uh, the second best time would be midnight, which I guess about 1 at 1230 or 1 o'clock, 1 something, a little bit after 1. Uh, Rav Moshe seems to hold that Chatzos is, is uh, just as good as any time. Chatzos might be even better than getting up earlier. Uh, now, 
what would be if you missed you missed it? You didn't get up at Chatzos, you weren't you weren't up at Chatzos, and you didn't say Slichas uh like you should have, let's say, at um, you know, let's say at five thirty, five o'clock. So Ryoshin said that even after Nate, and he brought a raya, he says that this place can say the whole Chaydish Elul was his man of Ace Ratsa. So all during Elul was his man, I'd say. So it's no worse, okay? So you weren't able to get Slichus the way which the way it was crafted to be. Saying Slichus afterwards is all right. Now, um, in terms of doing Slichus before Chatzos, Sir Yoshev said, and the, the Mishnah of course says the same thing that there's a problem of saying the Yud Gimel Midos you could dive into Hashem. The problem is invoking the thirteen Midos of Hashem before Chatzos. Um, the Birka Yosef says, and you can see that that was already written over two hundred something years ago. That if you happen to be in a community, and, and of course. The Birka Yosef, Rabbi Yosef, Chaim uh, Yosef Tovar Azulai, traveled in a lot of communities. Um, he was from Eretz Yisrael. He ended up, uh, ended up, I think, uh, dying in Italy, I believe. Um, he said, if you happen to be in a place where, where they're saying Slichas earlier, so you know you don't want to be a, you don't want to not show up. So if you're there with them. So don't say that you give a midas with them. Um, what, is that because that's the ichor of the slichos? Right. Why wouldn't you? Right. Okay. In other words, in that you shouldn't say because it's too early. How about the shmakalenu? That you could say, even though it's early. Um, if that's the community that you're in and they're saying it earlier, I guess, and this is the only way. You know, and I, I suppose the chidah means it's better to say it with this sibur than it is to do it b'yechidus. Um, the uh, there is a uh, there is something from the mukubolim that say that to say the yud gimomidos might even be a sakana to say it before chatzos. Um, That was again Rebel Yosha's way of, of, of viewing halachically uh, the best time. Yesterday, I we mentioned Rebel Yosha's psak and his own personal situation, where he you know, we mentioned it today as well about being connected to the IV. Just to clarify the principles from yesterday. Rabbi Yoshev Paskin the following. If right now you don't have a din of a chola, but if you don't eat, they're worried about something happening. For example, a, a pregnant woman, a nursing woman, or a diabetic, or let's say you've had kidney issues, or let's say you were, you're not a chayla mesukin, but you have, you're, you, you've had heart You've had a open heart surgery, or you've had a stent put in. So, Rebbe Yosha Field felt that al pi and we saw this yesterday, that eating is definitely proper, but what you should do is 
find out whether what you can do is be connected to an IV. Because there is, as we said yesterday, Chatzin Shir. And that still is Osir Daraisa, even though it's not Chayiv Chorus. However, Rebel Yoshev said that if, if, you're, if you're already definitely considered a, an ill person, so then don't play around with the infusion. If you already, the doctors are saying that you're a Chayiv Shiyesh by Sakona, which is interesting, Rebel Yoshev refused to accept that about himself. Rebel Yoshev refused uh, to hear that he would be considered a Chayiv Shiyesh by Sakona. Um, but let's say um, you didn't do it on Erev Yom Kippur, though. Let's say you were a chayla, um and you didn't, um, you were one of these people with um, diabetes or uh, a pregnant woman, and you didn't have the IV. So now um, it's Yom Kippur, and they're saying, well, we'll eat Pachas Mekashir. Um, you can't say, oh, let's do the infusion, because the infusion is less of, because it's one puncture, whereas the achila is every single one, every single piece that they have is a chatzi shir, should be yasser. So Yashiv did not say, because you could have passed that way, you could have said, well, on one hand, every little morsel you take, although it's mutter to take, has a status of isser because of its chatzi shir that you take into your mouth. And, and what's wrong here? You're going to do a, a you're going to do a cut into the person's uh, body and then stick into stick the tube in. So maybe that's considered a malacha. So that's one malacha on Yom Kippur versus these other little eatings. There, Rabbi Yosef felt that the malacha of, of of making the cut and putting the 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 line in would would be a worse of a problem. But let's say you could get a goy to do that. So now it's not an Isra Daraisa. So therefore, um, there is, Rebel Yosha felt that if you're in that situation and you have the pick line ready, it's just a question of having, you know, somebody cut the, 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 the tube properly and putting it in, which is a malacha, but having a goy do it is only an Isra Darabonon. So there's less Isurim going on for that person. So he should probably have a guy do that. Again, how many people would follow Yosef's psaac in this? I'm not sure. Um, Rabbi Yosef also felt, from a medical perspective, that assuming that the person isn't going to eat normally, that they're going to eat little morsels, and just going to eat and then wait seven minutes and eat a little bit more. Rabbi Yoshev felt that in terms of their health, they're probably better off having a, a constant stream or a constant drip into their system than being careful in the way they were eating. Um, and that's, again, why Rabbi Yoshev felt that was the better way to go. Where did Rabbi Yoshev get his sources for that? Well, um, what's considered, it's Rabbi Yoshev held it's Shaloka Derach Achila. Rabbi Yoshev wasn't the first one to talk about this. Uh, the Rabbi Yoshev Gershensky already said, that's not, you're not Chayav Bechlal Menatayra. And that was also the Berjaner of Paskin that way. 
the kosher clover passing that way as well. And even a contemporary Yosher, the Lizard Tzvi Waldenberg, passing that way as well. Um, now, Rebel Yosher's psak about what to do went against the Briskarov's psak. The Briskarov, in terms of this, was a very big machmer. Uh, and that was the sheet of brisk. The sheet of brisk was to be very machmer in Pikuach Nefesh. And therefore, the Briskarov said that if a person is already considered a chayla and he needs to eat, so what you do then is then you have to feed him normally. You don't do any infusions or anything. Um, that is one thing. So that was the briskarov sheet. And that's because they felt that once you're in a situation of being a chayla, we don't want to play around with you. We don't want to say, oh, you should have an infusion. If you need to, if you say you want to eat, then, then you should eat normally. Um, that's because they were very machmer and pikuach nefesh. Um, the Tzitz Eliezer also said, though, the, although he said putting in a, a, um, an IV tube is not really considered eating, the Tzitz Eliezer felt that you need yishavadas. Um, and it's very hard to have that yishavadas when you're not used to it. In other words, if you're someone that you've been on IV for months and months, you know what it's like. It's one thing. It's another thing when, you know, you know, this is something that you don't know. Is this getting me enough? I know I'm hungry. I know I feel this pang. And therefore, the Tzitzeliezer, based on that, felt that even if you have a guy ready to do the infusion, you should not do the infusion. Um, also... Um, Tzitzeliezer was worried about infections and other things that we talked about yesterday. Rebel Yoshev, however, said that we have now seen countless cases. We know there's no sakana if, the, if you have a, the right person putting in the tube. And we know that. And if you really care about Yom Kippur and being able to get through the day, and you can't just say, I'm not going to prepare. Rebel Yoshev felt that's what you should do if you're a real from Jew. Just like you're a from Jew and you know that you're not going to make it, but this is a way you could make it. You can't just say, oh, I was all, I didn't know what was going on. And then when Yom Kippur comes and now it's too late, even according to Rebel Yoshev, because you have to make the, and you don't have a guy around. So now you're just going to have to eat shiurim normally, meaning less than this year. Rebel Yoshev says a, a, a person should really have in mind and get and be mechen what he needs to do. And he pointed, Rebel Yosha pointed out, a person can't be goyrim and ones. If you could have stopped the ones from happening and now you just let it happen, that's your fault. And he told many, many pregnant women who came to them that um, this isn't about Yishavadas. Um now, if the person was already a chayla mamish, then he felt that maybe the svara of having yishavadas, like it's a tzeliezer, and Moshe seems to indicate, is a very important one.
One of the things that uh, Rebel Yoshev also discussed in this situation, um, let's say you don't have a guy there, but you know, making the cut, putting the tube in might only be an Isra the Rabbanon because you're not really trying to make a, a Pesach. Um, and um, so you might have you're, you're the person doing an Isra the Rabbanon, which is not a guy. The guy doing it, it's Bechlau, uh going to be Mutter. Um, the question is, could, could you have another Jew do it? And this is a sugi we did recently in the Gemara and Erevin. Um, can you have your friend do an Isra Kal in order for you not to do an Isra Chomor of eating on Yom Kippur? Even though you, in your situation you might be allowed to eat Pachas Mikashir. Um, there's a mach, that's a Machlekes. The Machaber, Paskins like Tesis, that you don't, that if it's an Isra Daraisa, we saw this Tesis, even though it's less of an Isra than the other person is going to do, you don't have to do an Isra Daraisa even, <laughs> at all. And of course, over here, that's the question whether this is an Isra Daraisa or not. Um. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.